Life is full of challenges. With an unpredictable economy and just the surprising life changes, you need to be prepared to weather any storm. Elder law and estate planning attorney Kevin Tharp and financial advisor Gary Anderson are available to help you with life's difficult decisions. This is Truth in Planning. Documents, documents, documents. I'm Kevin Tharp, elder law and estate planning attorney. And I'm Gary Anderson, financial advisor, Anderson Advisors. Gary, in my 35 years of experience as a estate planning attorney, I can tell you without exception, the number one thing that comes up when the topic of estate planning is mentioned, and it's mentioned in a variety of circles. Estate planning is talked about now on so many different uh, circles. You know, it may be referred to as legacy planning or wealth management, or, or uh, but you have everybody talking about uh, estate planning. Uh, you hear it on the radio, radio shows. Uh, you hear financial advisors and insurance advisors all claiming and professing to be estate planners, and they can help you with their estate plan as a part of their overall retirement planning. You hear radio commercials uh, talking about estate planning and leaving a legacy. And every single time, without exception, when that topic is brought up by an attorney or financial advisor or radio show host or a nationally syndicated financial person, uh, you you hear them talk about documents. And documents is the only thing they talk about. That's the focus. When I get calls from clients on a regular basis wanting to talk to me about estate planning because they've heard me on the radio, their first focus is always, I need to get my documents updated, or we don't even have a document. We don't even have a will. When something happens to a parent or a grandparent, children are calling all the time, we need to get a document. We need to get a power of attorney. The focus is all on documents. So what I'm going to talk about today, Gary, is I'm going to talk about, and I'm going to focus on this show, that it's not all about documents. Documents are not the be-all, end-all to estate planning. Document alone is not a complete estate plan. And so I'm going to talk about documents and the important thing that needs to go along with document in this segment. And then in the next segment, I'm going to talk about some important things you need to know about the documents you have, like where to keep them, who has access to them, when should they be needed, etc. So let's talk about first a complete estate plan. A complete estate plan includes taking your documents and titling your assets in coordination with your documents because documents play an important role in estate planning. You've heard me say this on the radio before. Estate planning is simply answering this question, what's going to happen to my assets when I die? And you know the answer to that question when you have a complete estate plan. Now, see, most people believe Maybe they're led to believe. Maybe it's the popular thing of, um, hey, I've got everything I need because I have a document. And usually the document of focus is a will when it comes to estate planning. I was listening to uh, a radio show the other day talking about retirement planning. And the host was talking about, uh, as a part of retirement planning, we look at our clients' documents. We make sure they have a will. As though that's going to complete that step and you can check that off your box because you've completed your estate plan. 
Well, having a will alone, Gary, is like you've said before. It's like you don't have a retirement plan just because you have an account. There's more to retirement planning than just having a retirement account. You've got to have a written plan, and that written plan has to be, all these accounts have to be coordinated together. Well, it's the same thing in estate planning. You don't have an estate plan. You don't have an estate plan just because you have a document. You're listening to Truth in Planning. I'm Gary Anderson, financial advisor, Anderson Advisors, and I'm here with my co-host, Kevin Tharp, estate planning and elder law attorney. And, Kevin, I think that's a great point about documents. And you brought up this point about some other type of advisor who says they, they'll look over your documents. Let's say it's a financial advisor. Let's say it's an insurance agent. Or a bank. Or a bank. Or a CPA. Anybody will look over your documents. The danger in that is false sense of security. If somebody looks at my documents and I think they're qualified to look at it and they make this judgment about my documents and they say, oh, these look good, no problem here, here, give them back, and then that's it. Then I think, okay, no, there's no problem. Everything's good. But that's probably not the case. Gary, it's much like if you went to your CPA and you were talking to him about your taxes and he was preparing your tax return and you're making small talk and you talk about the weather and you happen to mention that, you know, your car's giving you a little trouble and the, and the engine, it's stalling and, and it's cutting out on you. And he's like, well, let me take a look at it. So he goes outside in the parking lot and he looks at your car and he just looks around at the outside and he kicks the tires and he goes, looks pretty good to me. Yeah, looks at the license plate. Looks at the license plate, yes. And he never looks inside at the engine. How can he, first of all, he's not a mechanic, but it looks good to me on the outside. Well, that's what looking at a document is. Even if you're an attorney, just looking at a document doesn't tell me what's going to happen to your assets when you die. You know what does? Looking under the hood, looking at the engine analyzing the engine you want to figure out why your car is stalling maybe it has something to do with the engine maybe the carburetor's dirty maybe you've run out of gas but you're not going to know that just by looking at the outside of the car you're not going to know what's going to happen to your assets just by looking at your document what you have to look at is how those assets are titled and titling of assets are very simple gary it's not a complicated thing Every asset you own, with the exception of your furniture and clothes on your back, has a title. So if you own a home, you have a deed that reflects its ownership. That's a form of titling. Is it just in one name? Is it joint names? Is it joint with right of survivorship? I know there's a radio commercial that's running now, and it talks about if you're married, does your is your home titled uh, joint with right of survivorship. If it's not, then your spouse is surviving spouse is going to have to go through probate. Well, why is that important? Why would you have to go through probate if you have a will? That's what people tell me all the time. That's what lawyers tell me all the time because they focus on that document as the way to solve everything. But the reality that this commercial illustrates and others experience is it's not what your document says. It's how things are titled. So look at how it's titled and make sure the title is coordinated with your document. And here's what happens so many times. So you hear this commercial and you think, well, I'm married. I better go check with this attorney and find out if my home is titled joint with right of survivorship. 
and you happen to give this attorney your will. It might be even the attorney who prepared your will. And your will says, when I die, I give everything to my wife. Well, isn't my wife going to get my home when I die? Well, if it's titled joint with right of survivorship, she's going to get the home, not because of your will, but because of how things are titled. See, when title and document are not coordinated together, title dictates what happens when something happens. And so if you're spending money to update or create a will document and there is no discussion on how you've titled things, then you're likely to have paid money for a document that means nothing. You won't need it. I see this all the time with parents. They go to the bank and they're, uh, they're, the bank tells them, well, and so one of your kids can get access to pay your bills. You need to put their name on your bank account. So they put the child's name on the bank account. Now, never mind that the will that they just had updated with their lawyer, because, you know, their spouse passed, so they got the will updated. So they went and had their will updated, and their will says, when I die, split everything between all of my children. Well, title says when you die, that account's going to one child, not three child, because uh, title negates the document. So that's why we like focusing on a revocable living trust. And we're going to talk about that in the next segment. Kevin, if I want to make sure that I don't have some false sense of security about the documents that I have, what's the best way to contact you so I can come talk to you about it? Through my website, kevintharp.com. Next up, taxes and retirement, surprises, pitfalls, and opportunities. pitfalls and opportunities. Estate planning is not all about your documents. I'm Kevin Tharp, Elder Law and Estate Planning Attorney. And I'm Gary Anderson, Financial Advisor, Anderson Advisor. Gary, we talked about in the last segment that when the topic of estate planning comes up, the natural reaction, the natural response, what 9 out of 10 people will automatically go to is what documents do they have? What documents do they have? And they'll focus on that document that everybody's familiar with, and that's a will. And that's usually because people think they have done estate planning because they have a document. There are attorneys out there today who are telling people, if you want to avoid probate, do a will. All the focus is on documents. When people call me about estate planning, the first thing they want to do is how much for a document or how much to update a document or I need my documents updated because I've moved from another state and I've been told my documents are not any good uh, if I've moved from another state. Uh, when something happens to parents or grandparents, children and grandchildren are calling me in order to help their loved one and they're looking for a document. I need a power of attorney. I need to get me a power of attorney or I need to get to the power of attorney. Documents alone 
is not estate planning. Document alone is like you've heard me say this analogy over and over. It's like building a car and never putting the engine in it. You don't have a complete estate plan when you just have a document. Mm-hmm. Because a complete estate plan, your estate plan is complete when you get your assets titled in coordination with that document. We talked about a form of titling in the previous segment called ownership. You usually see that title form of title called ownership in things like your home, your banking accounts, many banking accounts, uh, a few brokerage accounts even. It's how is it owned? Is it in one name? Is it in joint names? Is it joint with right of survivorship? Because how a bank account, for example, or how my home is owned when I die will dictate what steps my family have to take next. And so if all I have is a will, for that will to be carried out, since I can't title my home in the name of my will, then my family has to go through extra steps called probate. You cannot avoid probate even with having a will. If you die without a will, there's probate. If you die with a will, there's probate. Why? Because you cannot title things in the name of a will. And since when you die, a will doesn't take effect until you die, and that will is missing title, you got to go through probate. That's why estate planning starts with choosing your document. And there's fortunately another document that you can choose called a trust. And it's called a living trust. It's a trust that becomes effective right now while you're living. You, you don't have to wait till you die before it becomes effective. It's effective right now. And since that trust is effective right now, you can title things in the name of that trust. You can title your home in the name of that trust. You can title your banking accounts in the name of that trust. Now, we emphasize, we recommend only revocable living trust. Revocable means that you can change the document anytime you your wishes change. You can uh, add beneficiaries, remove beneficiaries. You can change the trustees, the people who carry out your trust. So it's a living trust, and it's a document that not not only will take care of things when you die, but it's also a document that you can use if you become incapacitated before you die. So it's like having a power of attorney and a will combined when you do a revocable living trust. But the biggest thing about a revocable trust is you don't give up ownership. So if you title your home in the name of that trust, you don't give up ownership. If you uh, title your bank account in the name of that trust, you don't give up ownership. And now you've got the title of your assets and your document coordinated together. You have a complete estate plan. You will avoid probate. You're listening to Truth in Planning. I'm Gary Anderson, financial advisor, Anderson Advisors, and I'm here with my co-host, Kevin Tharp, estate planning and elder law attorney. And Kevin today is addressing this issue about documents. And Kevin, what you're telling us is documents aren't necessarily all that safe or all that much of a sure thing. And when we have the right type of document in place and we have things titled correctly, That just gives us a good sense of security, a good feeling that everything is in one place 
and you know where it is, and you know what it's going to do once you leave this earth. And that's why we recommend a revocable trust, Gary, because it completes your estate plan. A complete estate plan consists of putting your wishes in a legal document, your wishes about what you want to happen when you die, your wishes about what you want to happen if you become incapacitated before you die. Put those wishes in a revocable living trust, and because it's revocable, you can change those wishes anytime you want to. And then title your assets in coordination with that trust. Make your trust the owner of your home and your bank account. Make your trust the beneficiary of your life insurance, your retirement account. You talked about retirement accounts and taxes. Who your beneficiary is is not going to impact the taxes. There will be taxes on that. So who's the best beneficiary, your spouse and kids or your trust? Well, if you make your trust the beneficiary of your retirement account, your beneficiaries are protected. That money you leave to them after they pay taxes on their share, and that's the only thing they're going to pay taxes on. Well, guess what, Gary? They're protected. That money is protected for them because they give it to them through a trust. The trust takes into account the condition of my surviving spouse or the condition of my children or grandchildren. And so I have now a complete estate plan. I avoid probate at my death. My family does. My beneficiaries are protected while I'm living. I keep ownership. I have complete access to my stuff and it doesn't change what type of assets I have now. So what to do now that we know that the document of choice should be a revocable living trust and title things in coordination with that trust, so what should I do with this estate planning document called a trust? So let's say you create a trust. I, I create a trust for you. Or let's say you're an existing client out there as a listener. You're one of my clients. What should I do with my estate planning documents? Well, first of all, I would tell you, the first thing I would tell you to do is make them where you can get to them. We get calls every single day, Gary, because people need to get to their documents for one reason or the other. I have clients all the time that are moving to another state and they're selling their home. I have clients all the time that can't live in their home anymore and they want to sell their home and go to assisted living and use that money to pay for their care. And I get calls all the time. I need to get my certificate of trust. I need to get a copy of my trust. I need to get to my power of attorney, and I don't have access to it. Why? Well, I went up to the bank, but the bank, I put my documents in a safety deposit box, but nobody can get to them. Or I packed away my documents, and I shipped them down to Florida, and I don't have access to my documents. So the first thing I always tell people is make sure you have access to your documents and make sure that others who are caring for you your backup trustees and others, let them know where it is so they can get to it when they need to get to it. Because we're getting so many demands now for people wanting access to their documents, and we do keep electronic copies of your documents. We do not keep originals. But people are calling us to get to their documents. But Gary, we're having to charge a small fee in order to do that because it's it's not just something quick we can do and push a button. Me or one of my staff have to take time to access these documents. And here's another thing. Last thing. Do not make copies of your documents and don't share them with other advisors. Don't give your financial advisor a copy of all of your documents because they don't need them. Don't make copies and give all your copies of your document, your trust and everything else to your kids. 
Don't give it to your CPA. There's nothing they can do with them. The only thing you should give a copy of is your certificate of trust to anybody else you're dealing with. And if you have a health care power of attorney, give that to your doctor. Otherwise, keep your copies to yourself. Kevin, if people want to contact you to make sure that they have the right type of planning and the right type of documents in place, give them your information. Gary, the best way to reach me is through my website, kevintharp.com. 85% of your Social Security can be taxed. That's coming up next. Taxes during your retirement. How serious is that going to be? I'm Gary Anderson, financial advisor, Anderson Advisors. And I'm Kevin Tharp, elder law and estate planning attorney. Gary, again, it goes back to, I want to know how serious that is, because I thought, you know, taxes shouldn't be a part of my retirement. That's why I'm retiring, so I don't have to deal with that anymore. Well, the last thing you want to do when you're sharing your retirement plan with your tax person or anyone else is to hear the word, uh uh-oh. You never want to hear that when it comes to your retirement and the taxes that are involved. With or your dentist. That's another place yeah, you don't want to hear. Another place, yeah, yeah, when they drop the tool down your throat. You know, those types of things. <laughs> so it's pretty much the equivalent, as a matter of fact. But taxes during a retirement are a reality. I talked earlier about the fact that a lot of people have made the assumption over the years that you're not going to have a lot to pay in taxes during retirement. That might be the case, but that is not the case for the majority of people. The main reason being is because of the tax-qualified plans, the 401Ks, the IRAs that we're taking money from. That's 100% taxable, those traditional plans. You have to be ready for that. Again, that's why you want a financial retirement plan. You don't want to just have all this money sitting there in statements. You get statements every month, and you find out how much your accounts are worth at that point in time, and you think, well, this is good. These things have grown over the years, and now I'm going to get to use this money during my retirement so I can enjoy it even more. And that's what we want you to do. But what we also want to do is make sure that you're doing this in a way that it's not costing you too much in taxes at any point in time, at any one time especially. So we talked about Unpleasant and pleasant surprises. Well, we're going through the list of unpleasant surprises first because we want to get that out of your way. Number one, the number one myth was that taxes are lower in retirement. We're finding out now that that's probably not going to be the case for a lot of people. Uh, You've gotten rid of your mortgage deductions because you paid that off. The children are naturally long gone. You don't have deductions for them. You're not contributing to those tra- those traditional IRAs and 401ks anymore, so you don't get that tax di- tax deduction. So there's a very good chance you could be paying as much in taxes as you were when you were working. Another unpleasant surprise is Social Security taxation. What I was saying earlier, 85% of your Social Security can be taxed. But wait a minute, Gary. I every, All these years I contributed. I was right there on my pay stub, the FICA tax. That was your contributions to Social Security. That's a great thing. That Those FICA tax was there. You paid taxes on the money that was being accumulated during, for your, during your retirement years. 
But the FICA tax itself is just a tax. That's what funds your retirement, or at least part of it at any rate. FICA tax does that. That's a tax. But then you will be taxed again when you start taking that Social Security if you fall within certain thresholds. If based on the amount of taxable income that you have, you're going to pay taxes on your Social Security, anywhere from zero up to 85%. Now, like I said earlier, taxes are all a bad thing because if you're paying taxes, especially in your retirement, to some degree or another, it is a good thing because that means you're making enough money to have to pay taxes on. And some people fall in the category where they don't have any other income besides Social Security. You don't have to worry about the taxes then. But most people aren't in that boat. So when we put together a plan, we know you're going to be getting Social Security at some point. We know that. At least by the time you're 70 years old, you're going to be taking money from Social Security. You're going to be getting some of this money back that you've put into all these years. And based on the other sources of income that you have, it could be taxable. When we put together this plan, Social Security is a big part of that overall financial income plan along with your other investments, we can, in planning, make sure that you're doing this in an efficient way. We're talking about taxes and retirement and having a plan to help you prepare for those taxes uh, during your retirement. And I'm with my co-host, Gary Anderson, financial advisor, and you're listening to Truth and Planning. And Gary, it is that is an essential element. It's like you're building an engine, you put the gas in the engine. Planning for taxes is the gas that helps you get up that hill or get over that hill or prepare for that situation uh, when it comes to uh, your retirement. That's right. We want to be compared. We want to be prepared for the unpleasant as well as the pleasant when it comes to taxes during your retirement. Another unpleasant surprise: Medicare premium surcharges. Now, what in the world is that? When you retire, you're go- after 65, you're going to be on Medicare. 65 years old and older, you're going to be on Medicare, some form or fashion or another. When you're on Medicare, you pay a premium. You don't. It's not all free. This is money that you're having to pay a premium on every month to maintain your Medicare. And your supplemental Med- Medicare falls into that as well. But from Medicare alone... If based on the amount of taxable income that you have from one year to the next, you're going to pay taxes on that Medicare. You will pay you will pay more of a tax. A certain, basically, it's not really a tax, but it is a surcharge, which interprets itself as a tax because you're having to pay. Let's say you you but would might be paying two hundred dollars a month for your Medicare premium. But because of the income that you're making, you might be paying four and five and six hundred dollars a month. You can pay a lot of money for your Medicare surcharges. And so based on income, again, we have to address that. Make sure that you understand that going into retirement and how much that's going to cost you. And is that both A and B that you're paying for? Exactly. Yeah. Um, another unpleasant surprise, the widow's tax penalty. And Kevin for the life of me, I do not understand how this still exists. And we call it the widow's tax penalty. It's the widower's tax penalty as well. Depends on who goes first. But one thing that you have to understand when a spouse dies, and we have to put this in a plan, we've got to make sure this is part of your plan, when one spouse dies, the other spouse is going to 
potentially have to pay just as much in taxes as both of you did with both of your incomes when you were both living. Because now the surviving spouse, after all these years, Kevin, they have to file as an individual, a single taxpayer, single return. They have to do that. Now you're going back to the way it was before you were ever married. You're, you're in that bracket now. So filing as a single taxpayer is more expensive. And I don't understand after you've been married a certain number of years why you still have to do this. It is like a penalty on top of a penalty when you have to pay this type of, uh, when you have to pay more in taxes on this type of tax return than you were before your spouse died, even though your income could be the same, now you're paying more in taxes. So that's what we call the widow's tax penalty. Another unpleasant surprise, the inflation tax. And Kevin, inflation is not a tax. We know Inflation itself is not a tax, but it acts like one because recently, and this is something that a lot of us are experiencing now for the first time in a long time, we do have inflation. And the inflation has been significant, and we've seen it reflected all through the system. We see it reflected through the groceries we buy, the cars we buy, anything that we purchase, we're seeing now for the most part it has a higher price than it did a year ago. And so higher prices really have the same impact that taxes do in retirement. Because the federal government, like I've said in, in previous shows, the way they make money, well, they, they get it from you. They print more money. Well, all this money that the federal government has printed over the past several years, <coughs> over the past several years, is now coming to bear. They printed so much money that money is cheaper. There's more of it, and naturally money is cheaper, and so things, the prices will go up because of the amount, of the value of the money that we have. So inflation does act that way. We have to be able to cover inflation as well when it comes to a plan. So Gary, how can our listeners reach out to you and have that conversation about taxes in their retirement? Kevin, they can call us at Anderson Advisors, 888-371-2847. Investment advisory services are offered through Anderson Advisors, a registered investment advisory firm. Anderson Advisors is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investment involves risk, including the potential for loss of principal. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Any reference to protection, safety, and lifetime income generally refers to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the strength and paying capabilities of the insurance carrier. This show is intended for informational and educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment advice. You should consult with a financial advisor to help determine the best options for your particular circumstance. No statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not endorsed by the United States government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions construed herein presented by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable. Completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Gary Anderson nor Anderson Advisors is affiliated with attorney J. Kevin Tharp or any guests on this show. Taxes in Retirement. I'm Gary Anderson, Financial Advisor, Anderson Advisors. And I'm Kevin Tharp, Elder Law and Estate Planning Attorney. And Gary, a part of my retirement plan is to not have to think about a lot of stuff. Just take it easy, spend time with my grandkids once they get here. And that's a long way off, by the way. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but now all of a sudden you're bringing up 
there's going to be taxes in my retirement? Well, that's the whole reason that I'm looking forward to retirement, not having to deal with taxes. Well, and yeah, Kevin, as far as retirement goes, of course, Missy tells me when you retire, you're not going to be sitting around doing nothing and, you know, just uh, playing golf all the time or anything. You're going, to, you're going to have a job in and of itself, the job of being retired. So that's the tax I have to look forward to? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's, that's the main tax you have to look forward to. <laughs> but it's, it's true, Kevin. The last thing in the world we ever want to think about at any point in our life is taxes. Nobody likes having to prepare tax returns. Nobody likes to go through the process of reporting your income every year and filing a, a Form 1040 or whatever form you need to be filing, and then going to your accountant, your CPA, and having them help you with that. I'm glad we have people that help us with that, but it is something that nobody ever looks forward to. And guess what? Just because you're retired doesn't mean you won't be doing that. You're still going to be filing an income tax return, and you're still going to be paying taxes in retirement. The degree of that is what we want to make sure today that we're dealing with. And we're going to bring up some misconceptions. We're going to bring up some things that people believe about retirement and believe about things, income that affects our retirement. But um, there's some things that, there's good things and there's bad things. And we're going to go through some of those today just so you'll have an understanding of what you can expect if you haven't already retired yet, what you can expect in your retirement as far as paying taxes go. And then there's things that we can do about that. And we're going to talk some about some of the ways we can respond to some of these issues that we have with taxes and retirement because it is important there are ways believe it or not to pay less taxes in retirement and it comes through planning and we talk about a financial plan all the time here and a retirement financial plan is crucial and like i always say it's not just a statement it's not that vanguard statement it's not the fidelity statement that you have it's not the 401k that you have all this money you've accumulated all these years that's not really what we're talking about for a retirement plan. We want to make sure that these components, these accounts that you have all over the place potentially, are a part of your overall financial plan, but the plan is what determines how those investments are treated and how you take income from those investments in addition to your other sources of income. And so when we look at sources of income, some are naturally more taxable than others. The financial plan needs to address this, and it needs to address it in such a way that your taxes are minimized. And I'm not saying you're going to avoid paying taxes, you're going to get out of paying taxes. You're always going to have a tax issue as long as you have taxable income. So that's not all bad. If you're paying taxes, that means you have something to pay taxes on, which to me, you know, this is, okay. this is okay, but what we want to make sure is you're not paying too much in taxes at any one time because that can affect your overall retirement through the years because you could be retired 10, 15, 20, 30 years or more, and so you look at the amount of taxes that you potentially will pay during those years. We just want to make sure that you're doing this in the most efficient way possible and not having all of a sudden some big tax shock at some point during your retirement because you didn't plan the right way. You didn't plan the income the right way. And it's important. That's what we as advisors should be doing and helping people with. 
is making sure that your tax situation in retirement is not something that's going to really, really impact the things you can do, the, the enjoyment that you can have in retirement because you're having to use so much money of your retirement funds to pay taxes on. And so that's what we want to do. A comprehensive plan is important. This is what we do is develop con- comprehensive plans to make sure that you are doing things efficiently with your retirement income. So we're going to go through some surprises today, some unpleasant surprises and some pleasant surprises when it comes to taxes and retirement. You're listening to Truth and Planning, I'm a, and I'm with my co-host Gary Anderson, financial advisor, and he's talking about how to deal with taxes in your retirement. So, okay, I'm comfortable with the idea now that there will be some taxes that will be involved uh, in my retirement. But with, as you said, with good planning, I can minimize them. Mm-hmm. Taxes are always going to be here. It's like Ben Franklin said, death and taxes, nothing two more things more certain than death and taxes. So they're always going to be taxes, but we can, with a good plan, we can help minimize them. That's right. And Kevin, we have a lot of surprises. One thing we want to make sure we're educating people on with this show is knowing what to expect as you're approaching retirement years. And even if you're in your retirement years, what to expect from a perspective of this thing that's always going to be there, taxes. And let's go through some surprises, unpleasant surprise. Here's one, the myth that taxes are lower in retirement. I think as many times on this show as I've talked about this, as many times as I have brought this up, Kevin, I know there's still people out there that think that, oh, well, I'm not going to pay much in taxes at all during retirement because I'm not working anymore. And this income that I'm going to be getting during my retirement, well, I may be taxed a little bit, but that's no big deal. I know I'm going to be paying less, but what we're finding out now is that a majority of the people who are retiring and have retired, a majority of the people have highly taxable instruments that are creating income for them. Those highly taxable instruments, number one, the 401k. Number two is the IRA, which the 401k usually becomes at some point in time after you retire. You accumulated money all these years in your 401k, did a wonderful job of saving money and accumulating more money, investing the money, and now it's grown. And now you retire. You have this beautiful 401k sitting there, and you have all these plans for what it's going to do for you. But then the reality hits you again that you're going to have to use this money every bit, every bit of the money you ever take from that 401k, that IRA, is going to be taxable income because taxes weren't paid on it before, as opposed to possibly a Roth 401k or a Roth IRA. That is not taxable. That's something we'll talk about later. But the majority of people have traditional 401ks and IRAs that you're going to be paying taxes on. So we've created this incredible way to save money through our workplace and maybe have our employer contribute to it. And it's growing wonderfully well and has grown wonderfully well. So now you're at a point to where you use the money and you're going to use that money at some point in time. You're going to could use it the day you, you stop working. 
to create another paycheck for yourself, or you may wait several years and you till you have to start taking, that being age 72 and 73 now, you'll have to start taking money from it then, and you will have to start paying taxes at that point in time. There's no tax on that 401k or that IRA until you take money out of it, and you're forced to take money out of it whether you want to or not. So we have to count all this in when it comes to an overall financial plan. And in my next segment, we'll go through some more of these pleasant and unpleasant unpleasant surprises as it pertains to taxes and retirement. I think you will be surprised with some of these. You've always heard me say IRAs equal IRS at Mm -hmm. some point in time, either while you're living or when you pass away and you leave it to somebody. IRAs equal IRS. Gary, how can our clients have that conversation with you to help minimize that tax? Kevin, we want to make sure people aren't surprised and we want to plan accordingly for retirement income. They can call us at 888-371-2847, Anderson Advisors. In the next segment, we're going to talk about estate planning is not all about your documents. 